Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest today is Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth. Also, the V-Team takes a look at trouble on the move in District 2. And the Porch Band of Creek Indians gave big bucks to Hillary Rodham Clinton and chump change to Donald Trump. That's what the Porch Creek call winning for Alabama. Wah, wah, wah. I don't think so. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Beth Clayton, attorney at law and democratic strategist. Hey, Bill. S Susan Britt, APR associate editor and uh, research guru extraordinaire. Thank you. And Jack Campbell, one of the great guys, a conservative activist and radio host. How you doing? I'm doing good, good Jack. Good. Conservative before conservative was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. What is that? But I'm back to kind of drift things <coughs> right again. It's you know? like where it used to be hip to be square. Right. You, know, you were, you were, you were right in the sweet spot. Oh, I have right? the hips, all right. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Listen, uh, Susan, I'm going to ask you to break this down. Jeff Coleman, businessman who's running for the second congressional district that once was Martha Roby's seat. Uh, Seem like he's in the lead right now, but some news stories broke this past two weeks where his company, Coleman Moving and Covan, was involved in allegations of putting extra weights on the moving vans that were transporting the home goods, uh, the, the mm -hmm. furniture and home supplies of our military men and women and their families. Uh, Mr. Coleman settled the suit for $5 million dollars he said there was no wrongdoing. But the, the, the allegations made in the federal court case mm -hmm. are very disturbing. Can you kind of break that down for our viewers? Well, the first, uh, the first thing the viewers need to know is this, this lawsuit was a result of two whistleblowers. They were father and son. Uh, they were both in the, you know, worked in the area where the weighing was done. They were legal in, immigrants that were concerned. Legal. They were, legal. Le they were legal and were concerned that they were breaking the law and that they would lose their legal status and so forth. Therefore, they brought the lawsuit. Uh, they were doing what's called weight bumping. In other words, there's a method by which you can weigh a truck without a couple of axles on the scale, without the packing equipment in it, and without anybody in the cab. And that would be the weight before you pick up the shipment. Then after the shipment is picked up, uh, they not only have the packing equipment on there, they put the weights on there, I mean the axles back on there, then they also put, put it back on the ground. On the ground and put people in the cab. Now, and would do what's called a weight crate sometimes, which is basically a crate full of bricks. So what this is doing is it's skewing the scales between one and 3,000 pounds. 
for each shipment. And Jack, one of the things that happened is the, all the shipments of, of family goods or soldiers' goods that go overseas go through Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Well, the Hawaii way station in Honolulu, Pearl Harbor, started noticing that some all these crates that were coming from Coleman were nine, seven to nine to ten percent over the weight that was on the manifest. Mm -hmm. And this is a problem. You know, it, it it just seems odd that this guy's running for Congress, and this is in a military district, and this is what he's been accused of. Yeah, that doesn't sound too good to me. Um, and it's really funny, the, the part, I mean, I'll find it hard to believe that you would settle any case for $5 million if there weren't something to the allegations. And, of course, he says there's no wrongdoing and, and, and all this, but I think this doesn't smell real good, and I sure don't want to send a fox to guard the hen house in Washington. Well, this is one of the things that happens, Beth, and, mm -hmm. of course, uh, you know, this is well documented. Uh, you can go on uh, alreporter.com. We have all the legal documents there. The court case is made. He did settle it. One of the things that's happened and we need to get through this quickly, is that his opponents, Jessica Taylor, who's running for that district, and Troy King have both come after him and said, if you would do this to our military, why would we send you to Congress? Right, and they absolutely should be coming after him. And people are so quick to talk about people taking advantage of things like SNAP benefits, food stamps, that sort of thing. This is stealing from the taxpayer. That's exactly what this is. And it's stealing from the taxpayer at the expense of our men and women who are putting their lives on the line to serve our country. It's ridiculous, it's abhorrent, this is behavior that should not be accepted from anyone, much less somebody seeking to hold political office. And I mean, to the point of, you know, I wouldn't have settled it if there was anything to it. You know, there's something called a 12B6 motion. If it's a frivolous claim, you file a motion to dismiss telling the court it's frivolous and you don't litigate it. The fact they settled for $5 million tells you something. And, and two things I want to bring up here. This, it wasn't just this particular one. There, they found 400 plus cases in which this this was going on. This right. is not just one or two things. There were 400 no. plus. It was, and he also said that he would recuse himself from any military votes because of this. Well, I'm sorry. This is mainly, you know, the Wiregrass is a, is a military district. Yeah, it He's going to recuse himself from military votes, but he didn't do anything wrong. Don't worry so about it. So I suppose it. he won't ask to be on the Armed Services Committee in that case. Or appropriations for that matter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, you know, I don't think that's what we want to send up there. Well, I, I've talked to him. He seems like a nice guy. We gave him an opportunity to answer our questions for the story. He did not answer He did not them. answer them. We gave, which, him, we gave him over 24 hours which, with those questions. Which was sad. I want to switch to some positive news. Governor Kay Ivey. <laughs> Uh, is once again one of the top 10 governors in the United States. Uh, Morning Consult Politico found that she is, in fact, the 10th most popular governor in the United States with an approval rating of almost 40 60% mm -hmm. and a disapproval rating of 28. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, especially since last year she was at 17 after the gas tax. She dropped 17% mm -hmm. after the gas tax. But these numbers mean something legislatively, don't yeah, they, Yeah, that people forgive and forget. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, people don't even notice the, I guess, the uh, gas tax when they're at the pumps. Um, she's been pretty steady during her whole term. Um, and I, I think that uh, this is not unusual and it's probably warranted. I, but also, you know, people are actually seeing the gas tax at work right now with all of the, the road construction, too. 
There are roads going up, repaving. Yeah, they just kinds. opened Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. they just so, yeah. fifty-nine. Yeah. Well, but also, I mean, like she hasn't gotten caught in a sex scandal and she hasn't been indicted, so it's a real high bar we have to like. Go <laughs> I right know. When you walk through, it the, is Alabama. You walk through the rotunda of the Capitol and you look at all the indicted figures. You go, eh, she's doing a great job. <laughs> all right, well, we're gonna have to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. Up next, Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth. What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama. Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama. Success plus. Go for it. Hey man, what are you doing today? Um, playing the game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a head on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. of Alabama politics. Our special guest today is Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth. Governor, good to see you. Bill, always great to be on the show. Yeah. Good to see you as well. Good to have you. You know, last time you were here, it was your birthday. It was, yeah. So uh, we were very happy that you took some time to celebrate it with us. Yeah, always great to come on the show and certainly appreciate y'all's friendship and everything you do for the state of Alabama. Well, you're doing a great job, and we can't say that about everybody we meet, but uh, yeah. you really are, and, and we hear that from citizens around the state. We hear it from lawmakers. We hear it from, from, from folks that work in Montgomery. And one of the big things, among the many things that you're involved in, has been workforce development, and that's something that's near to your heart because as a businessman, you have had to employ people. You've had to build a business, and without a workforce, you can't do much of anything, can you? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And so, and when we talk to business owners in the state, we've talked to a lot of them. You know, the number one concern, I know I've told you this before, but we've heard it over and over again, is the number one limiting factor to growth is people. If we can get more people trained in Alabama, people can grow their business. And what's interesting about that, it's not our taxes, it's not the location, it's not the business climate in Alabama, but it's people. And so we're really focused, and so the, for the first time ever, we have the Lieutenant Governor's Task Force on you know, workforce development. It's a bipartisan commission for Senate members, for House members, 
uh, Republicans and Democrats, and we're looking at the entire process of workforce development. We're looking at our K through 12 system. Right. We're looking at our community colleges. We're looking at AIDT, which is under Department of Commerce. Right. We're looking at our new office of apprenticeship. And we're just looking at the whole picture in Alabama and really just saying, what can we do to make sure every child is getting ready for a 21st century job? Right. Here's something that's interesting. You know, 40% of the jobs will be displaced in the next 10 years because of science, technology, and math. Right. And so we want to make sure that not only are we getting kids trained for the jobs of today, but also the jobs of the future. Yeah, it's amazing how much things change exponentially now. And, you know, we've been big supporters of the workforce development and what's been going on. And it's just so vital to the whole system. I mean, we can't have a great state if people don't have good jobs. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. We, we can have the lowest taxes. We can have the, the best, you know, climate. We can have everything for building a business. Yeah. But if you don't have people, you don't have anything. So. You're exactly right. And so, I mean, you know, the fortunate thing, we have that pipeline of students coming up. Right. 55,000 students a year. Yeah. We want to make sure right now 60 to 65% of those students end up not getting a two- or four-year degree. So let's do more dual enrollment. Right. Let's find out what, what are kids passionate about and what are they skilled about? What can we get them right. trained for in high school yeah. to go right into a job? I mean, there's some yeah. great opportunities out there. And so we're working on using, utilizing technology. We're developing an app that will list all the jobs within a 60-mile radius. Work with Nick Moore in the governor's office. It's yeah. doing a good job, and so yeah. it's pretty exciting. I think we're gonna, you know, certainly get the ball moving. Hopefully, you know, help Alabama be the leader and and uh, be known as the workforce engine of the Southeast is the goal. Well, you said you were gonna work hard on it, and it sounds like it's going going good. Yeah, we put in a lot of hours. Hopefully, you know, we'll get the plan rolling. Well, I, I talked to your staff. Nobody outworks you. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. When I get a when my staff gets a call at late at night or early in the morning, you know, uh, sometimes yeah. they don't like that. But we're we're going to work hard. So. That's all right. I've had you call me at six o'clock in the morning. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah. You know, the other thing that you've taken under your 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 uh, you know your wings is that you're the chair of the military Stab stability commission. Military is so important to Alabama, not only our veterans and our service men and women, but the facilities that we yeah. have. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, look at Alabama. It's a uh, $21 billion economic impact in this state. That's with a B, right? That's huge. Uh, wow. Hundreds of thousands of jobs tied in with the military in Alabama. And so our job on this commission, Governor Ivey started when she was governor and had a lot of wisdom to do that, but it's to make Alabama the most military-friendly state in the country. So what are some things we're doing to you know, encourage that environment? First is if a military family moves into Alabama, one of the considerations that the military looks at is how do you treat their spouse? Right. And right, so right, right. we're working on what's called you know, a license reciprocity for spouses, meaning that if a spouse is trained to be a teacher in another state and they move here, that they can go right into teaching and we honor how they were trained. And so, oh, that's cool. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it's important. And because uh, they need the extra salary, they need that. Yeah. And so we want to make sure. So that's a bill that's going to get passed. Uh, we're also looking at education type bills to where if a military family moves in, for instance, into Maxwell in Montgomery, Right. And they're zoned for a failing school that they have options maybe to go to Pike Road or maybe go to Prattville. And because, you know, they want to send their child to a good public school. And a lot of kids, they just can't afford private right. school. Right. And so right. we want them to have options. And so we, they have options there, too. Well, Alabama is a military-friendly state. We've sent so many of our young men and women to war, and, and we honor them and what they do. You've got a really 
amazing thing that you're working on is the mass notification system. And it's high tech and it really could save lives. That's right. Tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I didn't know this, but Alabama's number one in the U.S. per capita for deaths related to natural disasters. Yeah. And that's a shame. Yeah, so is. what this is going to do is it's time for Alabama to utilize technology to save lives. And so imagine, you know, this is a, um, all 67 county EMAs are supportive of this, which is important, right? And right. Director Hastings at EMA came to us and we've been working on this, but basically the concept's this, you know, if you're in your home, and a tornado is coming to you, you would receive a text. It's gonna allow you to know you're in the path of a storm, you need to take cover, take sure. precautions. If a hurricane's coming in, it's gonna notify you. If you're a sporting event, the Alabama High School Athletic Association is supportive of this. We can send out notifications to everybody in an arena or a stadium, letting them know that there's a threat there and what they need to do. So the idea is only, you know, you look at uh, police and law enforcement being able to communicate, first responders, you know, and having this one system to let everybody know what's going to do, it's going to be huge. Well, and that's, see, this is how you save lives through technology, how you alert people. I mean, we live in rural Alabama, yep. and sometimes the only thing that works is text messaging. Yeah. I mean, the phone's not working, the right. TV's not working, the power's off in these major storms, but our text messages still work. Yeah, and if there's somebody, exactly, text, you know, and text is important. But let's say somebody doesn't have a cell right. phone, they'll call them. They'll call them on their Through this line. system, that's right. And so, but the idea is just notify, it's mass notification. And so we're going to notify the public of the threat that's going to come towards them. Well, we know you've been working hard because we talk to your staff and we see you around. Yeah. And we appreciate the great job you're doing. And please come back and join us. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thank you for what you do. All right. Our special guest today has been Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth. We'll be right back with more news and opinion. A lot can change in five years, except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled. Five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Energy Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. Access to clean, affordable energy continues to be an issue of vital importance in the halls of government and around the kitchen tables across our nation. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. 
What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama. Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama. Success Plus. Go for it. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You know, Jack, the people of Alabama overwhelmingly voted for President Trump in 2016 to make him president. Right. They pretty much agreed with, the pres or with candidate Donald Trump that crooked Hillary doesn't need to be in, in the White House or didn't need to be in the White House. However, the Porch Creek Band of Indians gave $150,000 to Hillary Rodham Clinton in 2016, and they turned around and gave 25,000 to, to, to Donald Trump. I, I would find 25 grand insulting if you gave my opponent 150,000. I think 150,000 is insulting compared to what those people make. That's true, that's Off true. Game, they should have given her two million. Well, and it might have made a difference. Not much of one, though. <laughs> but the point is, to me, and we looked at the 13, highest contributions that the Porch Creek have made to, to, to federal causes, federal candidates. And out of the 13, <coughs> they're all Democrat except for two. <clears throat> what is to the Democratic <coughs> Congressional Committee, or the Republican Congressional Committee, and the other one was to John Boehner for Speaker. That was like Obama's best buddy, right? Yeah, definitely. John Boehner. The angry pumpkin. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, Beth, and the point is not whether you're Democrat or Republican, but these people, uh, like most people, they put their money on the candidates that they think are best for them. And so they're investing in that. And I think it's interesting that they're now asking a Republican legislature, who is overwhelmingly pro-Trump, to support and give them a monopoly. I mean, poor people vote with their feet, rich people vote with their dollars. And the Portuguese are very rich. And the legislators vote with their pocket. That's votes right. As well. That's right. Well, and I, I think that if we had Democrats in control in the state legislature back in the good old days, um, they would be writing the same checks to Democrats. I mean, that hasn't changed necessarily. That's true. It's just whose names on the check at this point. That's but true. I think federally, looking at it, Democrats are much more favorable to protecting tribes, protecting tribal interests, and protecting tribal lands than the Republicans are. And Porch Creek has always been about one thing, and that is protecting Porch Creek. So. And, and I don't blame them for doing that. No. But what I think it's, is hypocritical, Susan, is that these people that will basically spit on you if you say a word against President Trump are willing to take the tribe's money uh, and, and give them their way mm -hmm. while they support Trump. I mean, they talk about Nancy Pelosi. Porch Creek support Nancy Pelosi. They do. It's in their thing. They supported the DCCC that got the squad elected. I don't know that the DCCC and the squad are necessarily good friends, but... <laughs> well, whatever. I mean, that, right. that's how you get Democrats elected. But uh, the idea it, that, that that's, uh, you know, these are now our buddies. Right, right. now, because because of the dollars. And that's the, what the proposal is kind of funny money anyway. We'll talk about that yeah. later. But just it, that they would entertain the idea of giving them a monopoly 
is yeah. just it's ludicrous. Right. Yeah, and it's not very Republican, I might say. Right. Well, when you when you break it out, well, wait a minute. Republicans are not anti-gambling. I, I don't, no, no, no. I meant yeah, they all I'm, I'm talking about free market. Oh, I'm absolutely. talking about free market, absolutely. and that's not monopolies. They not, talk about the billion dollars that. Uh, they're going to give the state that, as they used to say in politics, fuzzy math. Yeah, exactly. The fact of the matter is, and I heard this rumor over the weekend, that any state representative who votes for this billion-dollar plan of PCI will get $100,000 mm -hmm. in their next campaign, and senators who voted for the plan will get $150,000. I've heard the same thing. I want to ask David that in quo. front of a grand jury. That is ridiculous. That sounds it, like bribery. Is what I, that I is. I don't want okay. that in front of a grand jury. Well, we're not accusing them of doing no, anything. There's a but, rumor. There's a rumor. But we had a federal investigation, and people go to jail for trying to get a monopoly for people. Not even a monopoly for passing gaming. Bills. And that was like for $2,500. Right. I mean, well, it, was <laughs> it was a lot of money. That well, I'll tell you what, though. If, unless some entity has a boatload of money to spend on ads in February saying that this plan is bad, y'all squat and watch it'll pass. Well, mm -hmm. it's got, they've got to, they've got to get a compact to do this. Mm -hmm. And what they're asking for, this is the crazy thing. All right, they talk about five, a, a billion, billion dollars. dollars, billion dollars, big money, thousand million dollars, right? So here's how it breaks down. All right, I looked at their website this morning to make sure 250 million is going to licenses. Mm -hmm. All right, licenses on two new casinos, one in Birmingham and one in further north in Alabama. All right, so that's 250 million for the license for two mega casinos. These are Vegas style, Sands, you know, Golden, whatever. Dice, roulette, the whole yeah, and, uh, yard. You know. Dancing girls, men fraternizing with horses. <laughs> you know, it's everything under the sun. All right, so that's what the $250 million is for. Then there is $500 million to build those two facilities. Oh, for us? No, they're going to be the Porch Creek facility. Oh, for the privilege of having oh, them in Alabama. Exactly. Oh, but they still I, I get should, all the I proceeds. I feel so blessed, yes. So yeah. that leaves $250 million. Right. Well, so you got that $750 million, right? Right. So the rest of it, they say, is coming from taxes that they're willing to pay on how much money they earn. Anticipate to earn. Anticipate to earn. Now, let me ask you this. It looks like to me that they're really only offering 250 million, not a billion, because one is a promissory note that they'll make the money, and the other one's their stuff. I'm saying to you, my neighbor, I'm I'm going to give you 500 million dollars, but hey, it'll still be my stuff. Right, I'm not really right. giving you anything. You can right. play on it when you want, though. Yeah, you yeah. can you can come. Come play. But if they do the the lottery and and gaming the way it should be done, we're talking about over 400 million dollars. Every year. That's just if they do a lottery with all the bells and whistles. Right. Beth, it's for estimated nearly half a billion dollars. The PCI year. plan is a one-time shot. And let me tell you, those legislators run through $250 million like nobody's business. It's not a billion dollars. Fuzzy right. math. All right. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.